Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 462 for Tuesday the 26th of July 2016. So great to have you here. My name is Robbie Ferguson, and would you please help me welcome my co-host tonight, Jeff Weston. Hello! Jeff, tonight we've got an amazing action-packed show planned for you. I've got my House of Marley headphones ready. But I've been finding that some of my devices just don't have Bluetooth. I want to be able to stream from my TV to my House of Marley headphones, or any Bluetooth headphones for that matter. And who wouldn't? I want to be able to stream from my camera to the headphones. But can it be done? It can be done, and tonight we're going to learn how to turn any headphone jack into a Bluetooth transmitting device. That's exciting. And as well, we're going to be doing some networking. Got all the gear? Yeah. So you've brought some stuff with you? Lots of stuff. So if you don't know how to create a network cable, we're going to help you out. A little bit of DIY tonight on Category 5 Technology TV. Yeah, and, big money. And the Y stands for why would you do that? To save money. Exactly. Also, uh, we are, we've got, uh, we're going to save a ton of cash with that. And we're going to be looking back at our backup that we started last week. And we're going to learn, hey, what did Robbie do wrong? And we're going to fix it. You don't ever do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. All right, and with that transition, That's why I pay him the big bucks? <laughs> what? What? Oh dear! Here's what's coming up in the Category Five TV newsroom. Pokemon Go is not actually making money. Verizon is buying Yahoo. A full-scale version of Facebook's Aquila solar-powered drone has been successfully tested. Cops have asked a professor to 3D print fingerprints so that they can unlock a phone. And Star Wars drones are bringing out-of-this-world laser battles to your backyard. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. So nice to have you here this week. And uh, it's an exciting week. We've got a jam-packed schedule. We actually had to print it on two pages. And two full pages of that. Two full pages, folks. You want to stick around? Hey, first of all, starting off, I want to say thanks to all of the folks out there in uh, Internet Viewer Land that uh, decided to, hey, send Robbie an email or a message wishing him a happy birthday. There's your birthday? Thanks, buddies. Everybody. Yeah, it was my birthday on the 17th of July, so uh, a, a little bit late for me to say thanks. But oh, yeah, I did uh, get some emails and uh, no checks, but I did appreciate the emails very much. <laughs> All right, note to self for next year. The checks. Got it. Uh, speaking of checks, big seller on our website this week was the uh, House of Marley. They're still selling like hotcakes. And why not? I mean, these things are incredible. Uh, it was what, like a month ago that you you got the uh, a pair of headphones sorry, for me. I, have, I can't hear you. Yeah. No, oh, sorry. Okay. Oh, hey. So that was, was your about, birthday. Yeah, it was about a month ago. I got How my come? headphones, and uh, oh yes, my five year old daughter has actually kind of tagged them as her own. She'll take my headphones and she'll be like, "Daddy, can you put the princess music on?" And on your she phone. Will, yeah, through my phone. He just happens to have princess music on his phone. It's because I love my daughter. <laughs> okay. And she will literally walk I'll around the house that. just listening to her princess music for hours with these headphones. And I'm like, I want to listen to my stuff. So they're amazing. They're like, my daughter loves them. She likes them better than our sound system at home. That's how amazing these things are. They so not a surprise that they're selling great. Great. You can get yours at cat5.tv slash headphones. A close second was the Raspberry Pi 3 kit. 
Not a surprise. We've been talking about the Raspberry Pi 3 here on the show. I love doing some DIY stuff and, and building things and doing all the kinds of things that we've been doing. We did a RetroPie, which is a yeah. game console that the Plex fits in your server. pocket. Plex Media Server. We did a, a LAMP stack, a Linux, yep. uh, Apache, MySQL, and PHP. Basically a web server that fits in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's so much stuff that you can do with the Raspberry Pi kit. Uh, you can go to cat5.tv slash pi to uh, see what that's all about. Speaking of what is it all about, last week Shelly was on the show. And she you was were show. meant to be on the show, but you weren't here. I was uh, not able to make it. I Up to about an you hour. You were hobbling before, around the house? Yeah, up to about an hour before the show I was going to be coming in and then just not going to happen. Uh, hey, I did the news perfectly. I didn't stumble over anything. I didn't even put up the wrong graphics once. <laughs> Maybe twice. Yeah. What was going on? Yes. We talked a little bit. We said something about your feet. Yeah, I had surgery. Um, just genetics. So uh, your, your feet have been replaced with hands. Yes, it's true. Just like Aeon Flux. Neat. Um, yeah, no, just genetics have not <laughs> treated me well in the, in the toenail area. And so I had some surgery and uh, taken that care of for the remainder of my life. I'm good Ouch. to go. Jeff, why didn't you say something? I could have taken care of it for you. Uh, <laughs> because I want it to look clean. I've got the home surgery kit. Yeah. I've sh- we use it anytime we're doing splicing or cutting. Yeah, not going to happen. All right. I, I, I did watch this one, but I don't think I could watch you do that. Yeah. I so badly want to post a photo, but I'm sure we'll make people all over the world just cringe with He brought pictures. I did bring pictures. Should we show oh. a picture or no? Oh, folks. Turn your heads away. It's It's gross. It's awesome. Don't look at the screen right now. Uh, take the kids out of the room. My kids view it every day. They're like, Daddy, look Sorry at Sorry about that. We try not to be overly graphic here. Ouch, man. Yeah. It so was, you're all fixed up? I'm all fixed up. Good to go. And uh, now back to normal life. Good. Yeah. Good. And here you are. So I, thanks I for being here. here. Yeah. Uh, what have I been up to over the past couple of weeks? I shot the first six episodes of The Drone Zone. Yes. We had a whole bunch of drones sent to us, and they're still coming. That's so exciting. we shot the first six episodes, and then three more drones arrived. That's amazing. And okay, now i got to shoot more episodes, and i got to keep up. So There's some sweet-looking drones. There are some sweet-looking drones. Now, we opened, uh, we did an open box uh, here on the show. Uh, Kelsey and I looked at the JJRC, uh, I think it was the H11D, mm-hmm. and beautiful little drone with the FPV screen and everything all comes with it. And we came this close to losing it. Yeah. <laughs> you heard about that, I, I guess, did eh? hear about this. Okay. Yeah. It, there was a neighbor, let's just say, and when you see the videos on the dronezone.tv, you'll, you'll know when we called him the big guy up in the air. Because one of, the, one of the neighboring houses, and we didn't know this, just decided, oh, these folks are flying a bunch of drones today. Oh, no. And so he thought, oh, I'll get my big drone and I'll fire it up and I'll fly up there and I'll see what's going on. So he got up in the air probably about 150 feet, but he had this great big honking thing, like beautiful drone. Yeah. And I was flying the JJRC at the time. Yep. When he was firing up his controller. Oh, no. We're both on 2.4 gigahertz. No. My quad shot about 100, 100 to 130 feet into the air. And you had no control. I, I lost all control, and you'll see that on the dronezone.tv. Um, it shot up, and I'm panicking. I, you know, I'm staying calm because you know we're 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 cool, my babies. But I have lost all control. I still could see the screen, and 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 it shot up into the air. 
And to make things worse, then it shot that away. No. And it flew over top of a bunch of houses and couldn't control it worth a darn. It went out of sight completely. So we're talking probably about 350 feet away from where we were standing. And then it disappeared behind the trees. But you got it back. Henry, my co-host, got in his car. And found it? Did a drive around and found it. Crashed upside down in the middle of the road. No. It had uh, like a, a road like three blocks away. And nobody drove over it. He, nobody drove over it. He brought it back, and uh, we're shooting in a park, and you know, we, we tried to make everything as safe as possible. We're shooting in, in this great big open field. And uh, he brought it back, and we, uh, we looked at it, gave it a quick and once-over inspection. Uh, just the, the battery compartment had popped open yeah. in the crash. Uh, the camera had fallen off. So we put all that stuff back together, flipped it over. It was still on. It was still broadcasting on FPV. No way. And we took off. And continued the demo. So, do you, do you have footage of it crashing? Like from no, the, because it was 350 oh, feet right, that yeah, way like, over this over the top of the trees. That did but you, you can see it going over the trees and disappearing from sight. Do you have video of you freaking out? I didn't freak out. Well, internally freaking out. Um, yeah, you'll have to you'll have to put my thoughts into the you'll have to put my thoughts into it. I'm I picturing was, like some internally. I was like memes or something going on because these these folks. I mean, they're wonderful. They, these drone manufacturers send us these quads to review. Yeah, and to think that I would lose one of them, 15, like ten minutes into the review, <laughs> and not get to finish the re- like. Could you imagine if it just ended right yeah. there? Okay, well that's it, folks. Wow. <laughs> we've lost it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. At least it went that way into the populace instead of that way into the marsh. <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll see all that That's on the dronezone.tv. We released uh, our pre-release of the first episode. Okay. So it's not available to the public per se. It's not on our channel. However, if you follow Category 5 TV Network on Facebook, you'll be able to click on to the first video, which is a demonstration of a nano quad that actually sits inside of the controller. So oh. you can fold it up into the controller and stick it in your pocket, and it's, uh, the cool. controller doubles as a carrying case. Uh, so that is up right now on our Facebook page, and you can go to cat5.tv slash Facebook, and that is strictly a pre-release demonstration of the show. We still have some tweaking to do. It's it's not the final edit, and uh, and it just gives you a little taste of what is to come. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, and then from there we're getting into the bigger and you know the larger, bigger and better drones. It's going to be a lot of fun. And there's some big ones you've got. There are. We're looking over here, and I've got the FreeX MCFX Dash One, which nice is a drone. it's a good sized drone, uh, and it carries a, a two-axis gimbal and a GoPro or SJ cam on it. It's stabilized, so mm-hmm. we're going to be able to shoot some really nice video with that. That's cool. So I think our, our you know season ten intro will have to be like a we're all standing outside like this in front of the studio, and the drone flies over. And, That'll but, be how it goes down. Who's going to fly the drone if we're all doing this? It has this? GPS. We set waypoints. Oh. <laughs> so, Amazing. you know, I'll just kind of hide the controller behind my back. That's cool. 
Check out thedronezone.tv and make sure you go to our Facebook page to get that pre-release, cat5.tv slash Facebook. We've got to take a really short break. When we come back, we are going to be looking at our backup that we set up last week using mm-hmm. our diff backup, and uh, that is to back up our LVM. And uh, that, of course, I did make some mistakes along the way. Yeah. I did a pretty darn good job, but I didn't do it perfectly, and so our backup never actually ran. I'm going to show you why. I'm going to show you how to avoid the same problems and how to fix it. And then we're going to hope that uh, from here on forward, we're going to get a good backup. Because that ultimately is the goal. That's right. Don't go anywhere. Now here's another great way you can support the shows you love from the Category5.tv network by shopping at GearBest. That's right, Jeff. Uh, Cat5.tv slash GearBest. It's an online store for the geek streak in you. Or the loved ones. Well... Of course. I mean, especially your loved ones, right? Uh, Because cat5.tv slash gearbest, quite frankly, has all of the greatest tech gifts that you could ever hope for at rock bottom prices. Do they have cell phones? You betcha. Cat5.tv slash gearbest has a wide assortment of unlocked Android cell phones and tablets. What about computer? consumer electronics those make a great gift absolutely from high-tech watches to action cameras headphones even virtual reality headsets cat5.tv slash gearbest has you covered they literally have it all jeff literally really it's like a superstore right from the comfort of your own chair at your computer through the interweb yeah, I, there's no way they have it all. It's true. It's just a bunch of ele- uh, random electronics. Test me. Um, what about clothes? Yep. Both men and women, fashionable apparel at rock bottom, super duper prices. Kind of like this. Well, look at this coat. What do you think? It's a slimming mock leather jacket. I love it. It's available for less than $30 plus free shipping at cap5.tv slash gear best. All right. You kind of got me there. Wow. Any other questions for me, Jeff? Uh, now that the winter has passed, flying season. Do they have any good deals on, say, drone copters? Oh, my goodness. Well, check this out. Dude, they have everything. Check out over 500 various drones. And not only that, they're available marked down by about 30 to up to 63% off the regular price. Love it. What's the website again? Well, you're going to find GearBest on our partners' pages for any of your favorite Category 5 TV shows like New Every Day, Category 5 Technology TV, The Pixel Shadow. Uh, But, of course, if you want to shop absolutely right now and you want to go straight to the site, all you have to do is visit cat5.tv slash GearBest. See, that's easy. Cat5.tv slash GearBest. That's right. Happy shopping. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. You'll find our website, www.category5.tv. Jeff, it's nice to see you again, man. I'm glad to be here. Good to have you here as well. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you give us the thumbs up right about there. And uh, also comment below. Uh, We love to receive your questions, comments. And we're uh, really trying to step up our YouTube interaction, I suppose, because uh, YouTube provides most of our on-demand video and all that kind of stuff. And uh, if you're watching live or if you do watch live, 
consider also going to YouTube and, and even to uh, our website, Category5.tv, which embeds the YouTube channel, and uh, watch the show on there. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you give us the thumbs up still and comment. And the reason for that is when you watch live, of course, it's a live feed. Uh, when you actually go to YouTube, it keeps track of how many people have watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, your thumbs up are a good thing. And so when advertisers are looking at uh, shows that they want to sponsor, they look at how many views there are right. and so on and so forth. So because most of our views come from live viewership and Roku, Plex, uh, all over the place with uh, on-demand downloads, RSS feeds and things like that, um, our YouTube uh, viewership kind of dwindles mm-hmm. comparatively. So it would be nice to see those numbers come up, and you can help with that. Even if you watch by other means, hey, bring it up in your browser when you're watching it on Roku, and that's going to help us out. All right, should we get right into it, Jeff? Yes, let's fix your mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll fix a backup mistake anyways. You know, we're not getting into psychotherapy here. Oh, Okay. On episode number 455, we learned to, to, to uh, create a logical volume-managed uh, volume group yep. and how to create LVMs in Linux. On episode 456, we then created a snapshot of that so that we could then later, i.e. this week, uh, create backups mm-hmm. on the fly. On episode number 458, we learned to add another hard drive to our, our logical volume group. And then last week, on episode number 461, we learned to actually create that RDIF backup. And uh, if you missed it, make sure you check out episode number 461. Really important info. Even if you're not using LVMs, uh, any Linux computer can use this tool. Uh, and, and you are able to create an amazing back-in-time backup set that you can choose a date to go back to. Which is totally awesome. It really is. Uh, check out RDIF backup. You can go to cat5.tv slash RDIF. R-D-I-F-F. And um, you'll learn a little bit more about it. See some of the examples there. Okay, last week, we really got into it. And, of course, when we do that, you know, I, I, I enter the geekery zone. And Shelly was falling asleep. And so I felt bad for her. And so I wanted to move things along. And I tried to push hard to get it out in a timely fashion. And everything was live. Everything happens live here. Yes. So there's a lot of chance that because it's not pre-programmed, we don't pre-test everything that I could potentially. There's about a 4% chance <laughs> I could make a mistake or overlook something. 4%? Last week, I think it was more like 98%. <laughs> I, I did two big boo-boos. And some of you caught it. And I did not. But let's uh, let's take a look at our our unit over here. This is our Ubuntu Mate system. And if we go to our backup folder now, of course, we created the test file on our desktop in order to uh, to see that backup take place. But let's jump back to our file system here. Go into slash mnt slash backup. And you see, yep, our rdiv backup ran. Great. Let's go into our snapshot home. This is a, a backup of the snapshot, of course. Robbie, desktop, and the desktop is empty. What? What did you do? I can't. Uh, no, it's not what did I not do. <laughs> 
What so, did you not do? Those of you who are following us on Patreon, our patrons, thank you. Uh, you already know that uh, about one of the issues that I had, and I'm going to show you that one right now. Last week, I when I created the script in order to run the backup, there was one fatal flaw in that script. Okay. And that's that I did not specify the path for any of the tools that I was using. So, for example, RDIF backup. Well, I can't just say RDIF backup in my script because it's going to be run as a cron job. Okay. That's a scheduled task. So, as a cron job, consider that probably it doesn't know the paths. So, when I go to the terminal, basically what that means is when I go to the terminal here and I type RDIF dash backup, it finds it. Right now, it says I didn't give any arguments, but it did find it. I could say rdiff backup dash dash version, and it will tell me the version. It's there, right? But a cron job doesn't know how to handle that because it doesn't know what the path is. So it needs to know the hard set path of where that file is. So the way that we can find that is in Linux, we can say which rdiff backup, and it will say oh, rdiff backup is in slash user slash bin. So now that is the full command that I have to feed to cron, okay? Similarly, things like, um, let's say, LV remove, right? So I can say LV remove here. It says I can't run it as a non-root user, blah, blah, blah. However, for cron, I need to say, first of all, which LV remove? And it says, oh, that's in sbin. So that is the command that I need to use in my cron job script. So let's go into my scripts folder and edit that backup script. And you'll see that I've already fixed it. And I did, in fact, fix this, Jeff, on, our, on my blog, uh, which I promised I would post this script. And I did. And so the script that's there is a fully functional script. And you can find that, of course, uh, in the show notes or the description below. Uh, click the link to be able to get a copy of that backup script. And then you're going to be able to follow episode 461 and today's episode, episode 462. And uh, so I've already fixed that. You see, you know, things like slash bin slash mount instead of just mount. Uh, things like slash user slash bin slash rdiff backup and then slash bin slash umount, and then slash sbin slash lv remove. So that stuff is absolutely required by cron in order to run as a scheduled task. It needs to know the paths where those executables are found. That is my first fatal flaw. I caught that one just after the show, and I fixed it. And when I posted the show, I fixed it in my script. However, you notice, okay, what... I'm in the scripts folder in my home folder, so this is basically ls slash home slash Robbie slash scripts with a capital S slash backup dot sh, okay? So that is my backup script. It found it, okay? Now, as super user, so let's go sudo crontab dash e to edit our scheduled tasks. Enter my password for the super user. And you will see my second fatal flaw in my scheduled task. Do you see it? Is it the two looking zeros that look like eyes? No. That's actually, that's actually a good thing, Jeff. And I'll explain that okay. uh, once again just as a bit of a refresher for you. But what I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Scripts. Ah. Okay. 
You know what? I, in hindsight, I was Russian, right? I should have copied that to my clipboard and ran it to see if it actually ran right. verbatim. Okay, so Jeff, zero, zero, star, star, star means, and this gives you a little hint up here. When do you want to run it? So look at this one, and that's hour, oh. zero, midnight. Okay, so the hour is zero. The minute is zero. So at zero, zero, so army time, midnight. Right. Right? So if that said 30, zero, that would be half past midnight. All uh, right, then. Midnight plus 30 minutes. Okay. okay. Uh, if you want to do 12, that would be actually 12 minutes after the hour of midnight. If I want to run this at 4 a.m., similarly, if I wanted to run it at 5 p.m., 5.12, as a matter of fact, or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, okay? I can also say that, and that is going to run every single minute in the hour of 5 o'clock on every day of the month, on every month, on every day of the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way up to 31, so on okay so i probably don't want to do that in most cases however you might say hey uh, let's run every hour oh that would make sense right on the hour or at half past every hour of every day every month okay for our backup it's going to be a daily backup so we're going to say midnight or 3 a.m every single day okay but the key thing here is noting that I left off the word scripts. That's the folder that it's actually running in. So now if I hit Control-O to write to my file, hit Enter, and then Control-X to exit, and it will install the new cron tab. So let's go to my desktop, my actual desktop, open my test file. You'll see that I did, in fact, take the time to add some things to it, but those things are all moot because, well... It didn't run. So here we are. It's July 26th. This will be our first backup. All right. Save that file. That is now on my desktop. Our backup will start with that, with the backup that will happen tonight at midnight automatically. Okay. Look at that. So now if I go into my terminal and I run my backup, now I want to do this anyways. I don't have to do this manually, but I can run it. And the reason I want to do that, Jeff, is I want to show you how quick the backup is. Do you remember last week how the backup took some time mm -hmm. because it had to go through and find all the files that I was backing right. up? This time, it's only going to back up the files or the bits, the bits, not even the files, the bits that have changed since last Tuesday. Okay, all, all right. right. So let's run it and see the difference. Three, two, one. I need to be super user. <laughs> Suna, don't forget to be super user when you run your backup. Because remember, our backup is saving things from like ETC right. folders that my Robbie user doesn't have access to. All right, and three, two, one, go. Running the backup. Here it goes. It's made the snapshot. It's going through and it's finding out if there have been any changes. It's saving incremental mirrors for our files and then saying, this is what's changed. And now. See, it goes through. the mirror files. Yeah, and then it's done. Look at that. No errors. So let's look at the summary. We have 552 files. Changed files, there were 81 files which have changed in the past week. Okay. All right. Deleted files. There are two files that have been deleted. And new files, somehow, 
there are 469. I'll tell you how that was. It's because I ran an apt-get upgrade, and that upgraded my operating system. So some of the things in ETC are going to be backed up. Uh, and, you know, the, so the total change is 19.9 megabytes. So remember, with all of those changes, my backup today only took 19, almost 20 megs. So that's nothing. It's nothing. So when you've got a 3 to 8 terabyte external backup unit, you've got years of backups there. <sighs> and that's if you're an active user, unless you're backing up all your movies and such. But right. if you're just doing regular operations, oh, yeah, you're good to go. So that backup is now ready. My cron is ready to go. My script has been fixed. And make sure you check out the description below. Click on the link and you'll be able to download the actual, uh, the actual uh, bash file so that you can run this backup yourself as well. Look at rdiff-backup. Find out more on episode number 461 of Category 5 Technology TV. Now, Jeff, this week I had intended wholeheartedly to go back in time to say, hey, let's look at what happened on Wednesday and restore Wednesday's backup. However, because it hasn't run, because of my, able my errors, we can't do that demonstration tonight. So what we're going to do is we're going to run it for the next two weeks. Okay. On episode number 464, we're going to come back to our backup set and we're going to say, hey, let's take a look and see what has changed. Let's look at our backup, how big it is, and, uh, and see what is different. And, and so you have it set up to run at midnight every day. At 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Remember I Sorry, changed the right. 3 a.m. So we're going we're gonna to see that those files that changed are going to be restorable up to, like I could restore Wednesday's file or Tuesday's file or Thursday's file. I can actually choose a date and restore that particular version of the file. Right. And, you know, you, if you were to, to run this for an extended amount of time, Jeff, like if you were to have this backup running for the next five years, I could go back to five years ago if I wanted to. Just crazy. I could go back to three and a half years ago. Oh, man, I deleted that file two weeks ago, and I totally forgot traditional backup set that would have run and overwritten and deleted that file from the backup. Mm -hmm. Now I can actually go back not only to before I deleted it, but three weeks before that, before I accidentally changed the something in the file. Right. I can actually go back like that. Let's look at my backup set itself, which is in slash MNT slash backup. And then I go into this mock folder tree of slash MNT slash snapshot. And now when I go into my desktop, you'll see test file exists in the backup. All right. And it is identical to what we just created. However... Uh, next time we look at that file, it's going to have the day's backup up to then. Right. There you have it, folks. Exciting stuff. Fixed and fixed. And we're going to be covering more of that on episode number 464. Please don't miss it. It's a great right. series. We're having a lot of fun with it. All right. So we've got to jump over to the newsroom. Jeff, you've got some great stories for us. I and, do. And uh, we're going to learn all about the stuff. The stuff. All right. It's time for the tech news, folks. It's Tuesday, July 26, 2016, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Pokemon Go is not actually making money. Verizon is buying Yahoo. A full-scale version of Facebook's Aquila solar-powered drone has been successfully tested. Cops have asked a professor to 3D print fingerprints so they can unlock a phone. And Star Wars drones are bringing out uh, out-of-this-world laser battles to your backyard. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. 
Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. yeah, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. Ooh. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. $5 and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Jeff Weston, and here are the top stories from the Category 5.tv newsroom. Shares in Nintendo have fallen sharply after the Japanese gaming giant said that Pokemon Go's success would have a limited impact on its profits. Nintendo shares dropped by 17.7% after they more than doubled in value since the game's launch on the 6th of the July. Pokemon Go was developed by US firm Niantic and Nintendo said profits from licensing fees uh, would be limited. However, even with the decline, Nintendo shares are still up 60% since the release of Pokemon Go on the 6th of July. The gaming company is due to report first quarter results this week and has said it has no plans to revise its earnings uh, with the outlook for now. Some analysts believe that the market overreacted to the Nintendo statement. <laughs> okay, I, I've been watching this uh, because there's like a plethora of news stories about Pokemon Go daily. But when it came out and suddenly everybody was buying into the stock my first thought was <laughs> speaking of overreacting it's not nintendo who made this it's niantic i mean why are you buying nintendo shares you should be getting isn't it a nintendo game though it was a nintendo game but it's niantic who makes it does that matter though well when yes because it's licensing Yes. Nintendo notoriously makes their money or has made their money ever since the NES on licensing. Right. But I mean, like, if you look at the original NES, a lot of the games that were available on the NES, you could also get on uh, a PlayStation. Sure. So it wasn't necessarily that they made the game. Yeah. It's they had the licensing for it. Mm -hmm. So why people overreacted and jumped at this, I just kind of shook my head and went, all right, well, Nintendo's going to make some money off you and... They really didn't do anything. So, mm. it's uh, hmm. whatever the world just, we'll be going crazy with Pokemon Go. <laughs> crazy. Um, it's now released in Canada, too. It is. And coming to other areas I, of the world. And I downloaded it just because my kids are like, what is this Pokemon Go? I don't get the appeal. I really don't. Maybe it's an age thing. I see it as basically geocaching on steroids in a way yes but at the same time there's so many privacy concerns with this type of oh, you don't game and interface like so if i'm playing pokemon go in my house 
They know where you are. They know everything. They know what you've looked at on the internet. They follow everywhere that you go. They know your IP I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I have to be. <laughs> oh, see, you're opening up the realms oh, to which pl- I oh. mentally waste time. Yeah? You like, just sit there on the toilet thinking uh, about these things? It, it, or, or in bed, <laughs> or at my office, or like, I've been... Like, Honey, uh, why aren't you asleep? I'm thinking about Pokemon Go. I I read an article that uh, that totally lined up with my thoughts, and it was you have a company that yes, it's a U.S. firm, but still is collecting all of this information, mm. where people are, how to manipulate society to go to a particular area. If anything was going to be attractive to, let's say, children. Terrorism plots. Oh sure. Uh, oh dear. Like no, Jeff. Now you just took this conspiracy theory and made it horrible. But that's what I'm like. Did, have you seen the video about the Central Park where yeah. the, the whatever the vapor a billion on, people all of a sudden yeah, like, got out of their shut cars down and, traffic. Like yeah. it was nuts. And I'm going, is this what society's come come to? We are nothing but automatons. <laughs> yeah. Like we're doing what we're. T- I was watching the video and I was like, oh, there you go. That's the Walking Dead in reality. Like just people are zombies. People have been killed now. Two two people walked off a cliff. Walked off a cliff. I just hope and pray that the makers of the game will keep respawning these Pokemon. If they're gonna con- like if this this is gonna continue, this is the way things are now. Because my concern about this type of obsession is. What happens if 300 people get out of their car to find a particular Pokemon and only the first 100 can get it? Yeah. I don't know if it works that way. It doesn't now. No. But right. what happens if? Oh, man. Mayhem. Absolutely. Mayhem. Rioting. Well, I mean, it's already been used for targeting for robberies. Within the first couple of days, people will be, oh, here's a Pokemon here. I'm going to wait yeah. for people to show up. And then they rob them. People are dying. People are getting Come robbed. Come on now. People are going into the Fukushima uh, radiation zone. What? But there's a Pokemon here. I don't care if I die. Like, ah. And they're breaking. I, I've seen this. People posting on YouTube. Not a good idea. Uh, police watch YouTube as well. Yeah. Breaking into private properties because yes. there's a Pokemon on the property or in the house. We now have U.S. border issues. Two teenagers were arrested no this way. week, crossing into the U.S. from Canada illegally, trying to catch a Pokemon. Because they're playing Pokemon Go? Like, <laughs> people use your brains. Our world is mental. Uh, yeah, uh, you know... <laughs> this is I, what technology has brought us, folks. I have to stop. I feel like I'm turning one like into that old guy sitting on his yeah. porch. Well, when I was your age, we did... Uh, I just, I'm not even going to be able to get to the news <laughs> we now. We played with so people, agitated. not... Not... Pokemon. Uh, but okay, we so, played with real balls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Baseball. Yeah. What? Is that a Pokemon? No. Um, but okay. So the other thing is, you now have Niantic is looking at allowing businesses to buy Pokemon for oh, their location gosh. to drive sense. traffic. Fantastic. Like, imagine somebody going, "I would like to have a Pikachu at my donut shop." You drop sure. your $500,000 and you get inundated with people Whoa. looking for a po- Pikachu. Yeah. Like, oh. like, talk about manipulation. Nice. Oh. I 
I'm going to just set up a chip stand and then pay to have, like, a really nice Pokemon. <laughs> I don't play it. I don't know what they call oh, it. Just... Whatever the kids are going after these days, I'm going to have one right outside. Oh. And then the smell of the chips are going to drive them nutty. I'm just, I'm agitated, Robbie. I'm I agitated. I think, I think we need to move on to Yahoo. Oh, Yahoo. yes. Internet US firm Yahoo is being acquired by American telecoms giant Verizon Communications for nearly $5 billion in cash. Yahoo will be combined with AOL, which is another faded internet star. Jeff, I have to say. It's been a while since Yahoo has seen $5 billion cash. Had to be said. I lost my place. Which Verizon lost <laughs> <laughs> here? <laughs> All right. The deal does not include Yahoo's valuable stake in Chinese firm Alibaba. Now, the price tag for the deal is well below the $44 billion that Microsoft offered for Yahoo in 2008 or the $125 billion it was worth during the dot-com boom. Wow. I can't even imagine being worth $125 billion. Well, let me tell you what it's like, Jeff. No, you can't. <laughs> But could you imagine going from 125 billion and be like, yes, I am on top of the world, to, yeah, we got bought out for 5 billion? Do you think they're like, 5 billion dollars sounds like a a fair. Well, it is, but but. see, the problem with Yahoo is they never went past what they were in the early 2000s. They were a search engine. They like they provided this place where you can, you know, conglomerate all of this information. But they didn't expand from there. They didn't use the internet capital that they had mm-hmm. to become bigger and better. They, Google came out and yeah. they mistakenly figured that people would still use Yahoo. Yeah, I mean, I just, you can't be static. If Have you searched with Yahoo lately? I didn't, Post your comments yeah. below. I'd I, be interested to know. I ran across a Yahoo email the other day that was still active. Oh, yes. Yep, mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. I'm like, wow, you still use Yahoo? And they go, yeah, I'm just too lazy to change my email. It's like, right. okay, it's kind of like using Hotmail. You know, but. Or uh, what was the AOL? Yep, AOL. You know what internet uh, uh, search engine I, I really got caught on was Ask Jeeves. Yeah. I, I don't know why. Simply just because the butler guy was standing there. It was kind of one of the first ones that you could s- say in plain English what That's you're right. searching for. Yeah. That Up until then, so many school AOL, you had to know the AOL keyword. Yeah. Yahoo, you had to kind of know how to manipulate the search engine to get good results. Mm-hmm. Google came along after Ask Jeeves and said, oh, you know, we're going to streamline this and make it good. And good they AI. did. AI, right? They done did real good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Facebook's Connectivity Lab announced that the company has, for the first time, tested. Oh, this is Facebook now, yes. Yeah, Facebook. A full-scale version of Aquila, the solar-powered, high-altitude drone that Facebook hopes to use to deliver internet connectivity to the remotest 
populated corners of the Earth. The test flight took place June 28th, but was only announced on Thursday by Facebook. Now, the drone, once in the air, should be able to fly autonomously for several months. The low-altitude test flight was originally intended only as a 30-minute functional check flight. It was so successful that we ended up flying Aquila for more than 90 minutes. That's three times longer than originally planned, wrote Jay Parikh, Parikh, Facebook's Vice President of Infrastructure Engineering. Uh, in a post on Facebook's newsroom blog published today. The initial test goals were simply to ensure that the huge Aquila drone, get this, with a wingspan comparable of a Boeing 737 <laughs> and mass more than an automobile, could even get airborne. The test also collected data on Aquila's aerodynamic performance at low altitude, its battery and power usage, and the effectiveness of the autopilot system like other autonomous drones, Aquila can be remotely commanded to fly by GPS waypoints, but all of the actual flying is done by the autopilot without direct human control. Among the biggest challenges facing the Aquila team is getting enough sunlight to continually recharge the drone's batteries so it can stay aloft at night. Facebook will have to convince network operators and other partners to help them get the broadband links that they need. They will also need to convince governments to allow them to fly over their territory. And given the fr friction that Facebook has faced with its free broadband efforts so far, such as India's ban on Facebook's free basics on the network neutrality grounds, the company and its internet.org effort will have to navigate carefully. So knowing that this drone is in the works, and knowing that Mark Zuckerberg now has an AI in his house, kind of like Jarvis, that can make him toast with his face burnt into it. <laughs> Don't ask me why. It makes me wonder if the Facebook AI will make its way into the drone for and, and go beyond the autopilot to allow it to adapt for things like um, weather conditions, um, um, avoidance measures if mm -hmm. something's flying at it. I mean, so you got this thing hovering, giving people internet. What happens if some other guy gets out there with his massive drone, interrupts a drone zone episode, and then, <laughs> you know, but it just, it would be very interested to know if they're going to upload the, the Facebook Jarvis to that. Whatever Facebook things is, Jarvis's version is called. And will the drone make toast? I wonder about air traffic I also wonder yeah. about you know when they're flying this over regions that are not necessarily as um, how do you what do you say um, they're not so controlled by law enforcement mm -hmm. what's to stop somebody from shooting it down or don't know you know it's worth a lot in parts yeah I would think so <laughs> definitely look out look well, out time will tell Sometimes law enforcement agencies want or need access to phones of suspects or victims, but with password protection and encryption, they can't get it. Just ask the FBI, who spent more than $1 million to decrypt the phone of, San Bernardino's, uh, of the San Bernardino shooter. Fusion reports that one police department is trying a different approach, though. 3D printed fingerprints. The police approached researcher Anil Jayan. Jayan? Jayan? Yes who studies biometric security at the Michigan State University. Officers acquired the phone of a murder victim, and they believe that there are clues of the ID of the murderer hidden on that phone. However, they need a fingerprint or passcode to gain access. So, Jayanne 
is going to do something that's never been done before. He's going to use 3D printing to create replicas of the dead man's fingers to unlock his phone. The problem is a little bit more complex than simply printing new copies of the victim's fingerprints, though. Fingerprint scanners on phones are capacitative, which means that they work by sensing electrical currents that are formed when the finger touches the scanner. Or, you know, our fingers conduct electricity, but when it comes to plastics, they don't. So Jayanne has to coat the replica fingers in a thin metallic layer so that the fingerprint scanners will pick them up. Jayanne says that his lab will spend a few more weeks testing the replica fingers before handing them over to the police. Now, once the police have those fingers, they can unlock the, vic the victim's phone, provided that the phone in question isn't one of the many that also require a passcode after going too long without a fingerprint unlock. If it is, Jayanne's going to have to work a little bit faster. This is kind of cool. Also a little bit unnerving. If I mean, if this process was as simple as just 3D printing uh, a fingerprint with a little bit of metal layering there, this could change the way you have um, security issues in your home. I mean, how many people have those um, thumbnail oh, door sure, locks? Yeah. yeah. Like... Not that we're going conspiracy theory again here. It'd be interesting to, to hear about this one. I yeah. think, you know, with a murder victim, what happened to his real fingers? Well, obviously they have... <laughs> I know that's a terrible thought. Well, um, we already saw your toes tonight. But. Yes. And my guess is they probably have, you know, he has some record where they have fingerprints on it. Okay. Um, and so oh, they just okay. would have taken a printing of that. Sure. Uh, would be my guess. Uh, what, what are Who the legalities knows? of this, though? I mean, we already know that uh, the FBI had significant challenges going through court. Sure. When it came to the breaking of the encryption. But Interesting approach, though, eh? Because they're not breaking anything. They're, oh, we're just making 3D printed fingers. But technically, does this not count as identity theft? When does it, where does it end? What, what would stop someone from 3D printing fingerprints and putting them all over a crime scene? Well, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm very interested to see the legalities of this one. Mm. Uh, I mean, 3D printing is going to change our world. I mean, we already know that. We've had interviews on the show about it. Um, but this one, I just kind of go, cool concept. What does it mean in the end legally? I'm always thinking legal <laughs> when I'm not thinking conspiracy theory. Yes. It's a mix of the two. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And other than and that, it's, it's geekery. Yeah, yeah. Pokemon Go. Oh. <laughs> you had to bring it up. I did. You, oh. you brought right. it up. I just reminded you. <sighs> All right. Drones. When Propel releases its official Star Wars drones this fall, fans could challenge fellow fans to a space battle in their own backyard. The RC toy company has launched small replica quadcopters of the Millennium Falcon, an X-Wing, a TIE Fighter, and a speeder bike. According to Wired, the propellers are clear and are attached at the underside to be as inconspicuous and true to the movies as possible. Now, we've got a feeling that a few collectors would simply keep them in display cases, but if you want to get one to actually play with, you'll find that they can reach speeds of up to 40 miles an hour and can do a 360 degree aerial stunt at the push of a button. They also have, get this, a battle feature 
which you can use to play a game of mid-air laser tag with up to 24 friends. Wired says that the Millennium Falcon is the fastest of the bunch, though, and can outfly them all with a max speed of 50 miles an hour. The bad news? If there is such, they won't be available in the U.S. and Canada when they launch this fall. You'll have to wait for Propel to bring them over. The company is taking reservations for every model right now with no need for a down payment. You simply have to register and save between $200 and $300 for each drone so that you can grab one as soon as they come out. Big thanks this week to Roy W. Nash and our community viewers for submitting stories to us. If you found a news story that you'd like to send, email it to newsroom at category5.tv. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Jeff Weston. Thanks, Jeff. This is Category 5 Technology TV. You'll find our website at www.category5.tv. Jeff, I just got an email from uh, JWPN. Uh, J- JWMP, pardon me. JWMP, thanks for the email. Uh, trying to watch the show live tonight. And this is what he sees. Oh, <laughs> wow. And you know what that is? Um, we have been experiencing some trouble with our uh, our stream provider, and uh, they contacted me this week. And surprisingly, I was going to contact them. And they're a wonderful group of folks that uh, that contribute a, a, f- a huge amount of bandwidth to the show. Mm-hmm. And they had some hardware failures this week, so they're working on that. What we are going to do in order to get through the uh, technical issues that we've been having during the live broadcast, because it's not on our end, it's at the stream provider's end, um, uh, they're going to repair that server or replace parts or whatever it takes. Next week, episode number 462, we're going to take a week where we are not going to broadcast live. There okay. will be no live streaming. It will instead be uh, we're pre-recording with Sasha Dermatis, yep. and uh, we've got a great show planned for you. You don't want to miss it. However, it will be on demand. So what we're going to do is actually place it on YouTube so that at 7 o'clock next week at the normal live time, you're going to be able to click that, join the chat room, participate in the show, but we will not actually be broadcasting live over the internet right. that's going to give the uh the the um the hosts the chance to uh fix the server and uh, that's going to be a wonderful thing so then when episode number 464 comes we're going to have that fixed for you thanks for sending the photo i am so sorry that you're having trouble watching live of course those of you who are watching on demand on youtube on roku on the various platforms that carry our show probably didn't even know that we were having some little technical blips yep. we cover it so darned well we're pro. <laughs> <laughs> We're pro, just don't get paid. That's right. That's all. We're just the most miserable pros ever. I don't know about you. I'm pretty happy. I love it. As long as I'm not getting caught up with Pokemon but Go. But de- yeah, isn't the definition of pro that you get paid, though? No, that's just a paid pro. Oh, okay. Let's we're, find we're out. We're free pro. Webster? Okay, I want to take a really quick second to show you a really cool device. You can pick this up at Cat5. Uh, go to shop.category5.tv. Pardon me. Shop.category5.tv. In the search over at the right-hand side, <laughs> type in Bluetooth, and you're going to find this amazing little device. This is so cool. I love it because we broadcast all the time. Yes. Uh, we have camera folks that work on the camera. Uh, when we were shooting the drone zone, this came up. 
Jared, who operated camera for us, was uh, we're flying drones. Mm -hmm. These things are traveling. Some of them are going between 40 to 100 kilometers an hour. So he had to be way back with a 400 uh, times zoom or whatever, 400 millimeter zoom on uh, DSLR shooting video. He couldn't hear a word we were saying. So right. he didn't know whether we were shooting or if he was. So it was a little complicated. So we said, we got to come up with something. So, of course, a camera and the different various devices that we have don't have Bluetooth transmission. Right. But we do have things like the House of Marley Bluetooth headphones that have great range and great sound. And the camera guy could wear these if we could just send a feed to him. Right. So along comes this device. Search for Bluetooth at... The website is shop.category5.tv. It's too simple, Jeff. That's really little. It's so tiny. Look at this. All it does is it takes your headphone jack and turns it into a Bluetooth transmitter. No way. It has a built-in battery that is going to last anywhere from five to seven hours. It's amazing. It includes a charging cable, which allows you to charge that built-in battery via USB, and it literally just transmits Bluetooth audio to your headphones, to whatever. So we're going to use this on the camera. Yep. Um, you can plug this into the side of your TV if you want to listen privately, wirelessly, mm-hmm. to your television while you know, not disturbing other people. You can plug this into devices that don't need uh, or that don't have uh, Bluetooth capabilities. So you might have a, an MP3 player, for example, that doesn't have that capability. Right. Now it does. That's and it's awesome. so tiny. It's so tiny and cute. It is. That's all there is to it, folks. So basically all you have to do is just turn it on, see if it works. See if it gets... Oh, there oh, it is. There's a light. There's a blue light, so you know it's Bluetooth. That's amazing. And then fire up your headphones, put it into sync mode. If we hold in that button, I think it's going to try to sync. Let's hold it in this time instead of letting go. I'm kind of watching this on the screen as well. And you'll see it actually goes into uh, sync mode. There it goes. And now when I let go, now if I turn on my, see it's flashing? If I turn on my headphones in sync mode, they will pair. There's no password needed, nothing at all. And uh, then I've got Bluetooth transmission. There, it's waiting. It's waiting for the headphones. I'm going to fire them up. That's exciting. Put them into pair mode. There it goes. And watch the flashing light. (laughs) There. I just heard the beep in my headset. And there we go. There, it's solid. So it's ready to go. Simple, so now easy. It's broadcasting to my to my headset. Wow. So I can plug this into any headphone jack. I've got a headphone jack in the DSLR camera. I've got headphone jacks in my H4N recording device, which mm-hmm. is what we plug our we plug our microphones into the H4N. Right. So I can plug this in, and now he's got wireless access to our very microphones that are on our faces. <gasps> That's great. How cool is that? So I don't. There's really no way to demonstrate this beyond that for you, right? Um, but it works fantastically well. It's it, it's so super simple when it comes down to it, and it's also so super cheap. I love technology. Go to shop.category5.tv and just do a quick search for Bluetooth and look for that. It's a 3.5 millimeter to Bluetooth adapter, awesome. and uh, that's going to get you going. Love it. Simple little thing. All right. Throw that in my camera bag. All right. So, Jeff, we have got to get right into it. Yes. What do we got tonight? We are going to be uh, looking at network cabling. We've been talking about this. Um, I've got a 
fire up this camera up here. So entertain them, Jeff. Okay. I'm going to actually give an overhead view for you. Folks. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. So uh, all of the gear that we're going to be using tonight, you can get those on the Category 5 um, shop. So shop.category5.tv. I actually set up a, uh, a hot link for them, Jeff. That that's makes right. things even easier. Cat5.tv slash networking. Makes all it of real it's right simple. There. So all the hardware. Now, Jeff has brought some. I've brought some. But the hardware that we need in order to do our own DIY networking, it's all available. Not necessarily these models, but everything right. that you need. So we've got a different tester, for example. But really, you just need a cable tester. Yeah. So let's look at it. First of all, why is it a good idea, Jeff? Why would I want to do my own networking? You're going to save huge money. That is the number one reason. Have you ever bought, like, a, I don't know, say a, a 10 foot or 12 foot Ethernet cable for 15 bucks? Uh, 15 bucks would be on the cheaper end of yeah. things. Uh, I mean, I've seen. Uh, so I tried to run a cable uh, at my house. I needed 50 feet. Okay. And the store was going to charge me 60 bucks. 60 bucks. I'm like, not going to happen. Cable. So I went you out. You can buy a spool of 1,000 feet for that. Yeah. So I went buying out, in bulk, folks. Yeah, I went out and I bought a, a spool of uh, 50 feet okay. for, I think it was 15 bucks. Just, just the plain cable. Get the connectors. 50 cents on the dollars to what I would have spent. Even that's bought. expensive for me. Like I would yeah. buy a box spool that you just keep pulling wire out. Right, and, so and it's 500 it. or 1,000 feet for you know right. 40 or 50 bucks. But that's because the bulk discount. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, the more you buy, the cheaper it is. Yeah. And I didn't need that much. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was. It saved me significantly uh, uh, more money. You're gonna save a lot of money. You're gonna get better internet better networking yes i think about um you know i've got a server in the basement well if i was doing wi-fi so that i can access that from upstairs for example is probably going to have some trouble sometimes mm -hmm. i'm going to have slowness issues if more people are online and the kids are watching shows on the roku which is also wireless then i might have a slowdown on the network yep. um, by running ethernet you've got gigabit ethernet so yeah. a thousand a thousand what bits per sec? A thousand kilobytes per second, or whatever it is. Just something. A like gigabit. Yeah. A gigabit. Yeah, there's also <laughs> there's also the um, versus Wi-Fi, which is a, a nil comparatively. Yeah. So super super fast, super reliable. There's also the cosmetic end of it. Sure. Like if you're running your own cable, say you've got to run it through a floor or a wall or something. Yep. If you have a pre-made cable, like you're dealing with. A fairly large end, so you're gonna have to drill at least a half inch, maybe an, right. an inch hole in your wall for a little quarter inch cable. Can I tell you what I did? Yes. Yeah, you can run this through the wall, um, and you can see this cable is very, very small. Um, you can run it through the wall. You can hide it under the under the floorboard, or like in the uh, under the trim, yep. for example, or around the carpeting. Um, when we moved into our house, there was uh, ductwork for central vac. Oh. I do not have or want central vac. So you ran it through that. So I have all my networking down where the central vac used to be. That's amazing. Because it, it didn't come with the house. It was so it's just a conduit. Right. <laughs> and I ran all the cable up through the central vac. So oh. everywhere that there used to be a central vac jack, yeah. I removed that and I replaced it with an RJ forty five jack, an Ethernet jack. So That's now amazing. there are Ethernet jacks all throughout the house. That's awesome. And I didn't have to do any drilling. <laughs> that is great. Okay. Well, I did not get that lucky. Okay. So. But even still. 
it, there are benefits to it. Yeah. Um, when you're running these kind of wires, you know, one thing that I want to mention is that they are typically susceptible to elect- electrical currents, so yep. you don't want to drape them over electri- electrical wires, so watch out where you're draping them. If you're putting them up into drop ceilings or if you've got access to the attic and stuff, try to avoid those big, thick um, power cables that are going through there right. as well. Don't l- run them along the same same uh, same cable, same run. Okay, so what do we need? We need cable. Yep. So you've got category six cable. We're going to talk a little bit about yep. the differences in different grades of cable. This is kind of the the higher end modern cable. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got some. Uh, these are just nice little end. I don't know what the technical term is, Protectors but they is what they the make the cable. Uh, and let's switch over to my overhead view. This will actually give you this nice clean end on your cable so that it it's easier to. You know, I guess you're not going to snag the, the right. pin and break it off and things like that. Yeah. So you need a cable. These are a, an accessory that you don't necessarily need, but no. they are kind of fancy and nice. Uh, you're going to need what's called RJ45 uh, ends. Mm-hmm. So these are the actual plugs. Okay, and you'll notice that, okay, well, what do you do? The cable's not going to just go in there and just work. It doesn't work that way. Uh, you also need some tools. So you need a crimper, which also acts as a cutter and a stripper. Quite often, okay. Mm-hmm. So the RJ45 actually goes into uh, one of the sides here, and only one side. This will also do RJ11, which is telephone. But there's RJ45, which is your Ethernet, and uh, then you crimp it, and it's going to uh, it's going to punch down that cable for you. Yes. And I think it's stuck forever. Probably because yeah, there's no cable. Because there's no cable in it. I could play with it. I'll let you play you with go. that. <laughs> <laughs> then you need a cable tester. Now this tester is going to tell you whether you've done a good or a miserable job. So when you put a good cable in here, and again, it doesn't have to be this exact tester. When I put a good cable in there and turn it on, I'm going to see the lights go one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, and they're green. If, it's, uh, if I've got the, the cables reversed, so they're backwards, it's going to go red. If there's a short, it's not going to light up at all, or if I've miscabled it or if it's not actually making a good connection. Mm-hmm. So this is a good cable, and I can see that. So you definitely need a tester because you need to know whether or not your cables are good. And um, also, if you make the mistake of running all your cables to one location, and then you go, ooh, which one was which? Ooh, you know, you, it does help you to be able that to, tester to, for sure. to test find out which cable goes to which location mm-hmm. so i mentioned my my conduit from the central vac mm-hmm. and you could cut a hole in the drywall and you could do similar you could have a jack where you can plug in your computer right um hiring someone to come in and do it can be extremely expensive Very. but you can do it yourself and it's really quite simple so i've also brought in um what's called an rj45 keystone jack and this jack uh let's switch back to this camera is literally just a a jack that goes in the wall if i open this up you'll see a little bit better what this looks like it's got a couple of little pieces there it is it's just a jack but you've brought in a faceplate and this goes on the wall and the jack simply clips in just like so I promise you it does. It goes in one way. There we go. So then it goes in like that. So there's your your actual jack on the wall. Okay. So you'll notice, though, that this particular jack has a very strange way to interface with the wiring. And that's where you do need one more tool here, Jeff. And that's called a punch-down tool. Okay. 
So we're going to look at how that works and how we can actually punch down this jack so that we can actually put this in the wall. Okay, and then I can remove the I can remove the keystone from the plate. Usually not too tough to do. Jeff's my he's my muscle. All right, let's take a look at can I take a look at this cable? Yeah, man. All right, let's uh let's cut this cable with your handy dandy cutters here. And let's get a look. So uh Ethernet is basically four twisted pairs. Can I do this? Sure. If it oh. makes you happy. I want to show you what's inside here. Okay. We've got a bunch of thread. See that? And the thread is nice and strong. And what that is for is so that when you're pulling this through the wall, you're not actually pulling on the wires themselves, but instead the thread acts as a little bit of a support so that when you're tugging, it's not going to damage the actual wire. So that is literally just to give it strength. Then you've got the four twisted pairs. So we've got blue and blue-white. We've got brown and brown-white. We've got orange and orange-white. And we've got green and green-white. So these are what we're going to actually use to create our cable. So with our cable here, and Jeff, you're more familiar with your particular tools than I am, but yes. this is this is actually kind of nice. So this cuts and... Oh, no, that just cut. It cuts. Oh! You show us how it's done. Jeff. <laughs> right. The first time I did it, it actually kind of did like a... It did a stripping as well at the same time. Yeah, so the in this particular uh, handset, the, the stripper... Is actually on the side. Okay. Um, so what you do is you throw your cable in. It fits into the hole nicely. Oh, okay. Let's change camera angle so you can see that. So there's, whoop, there we go. There you go. So right there's there. a nice little hole. Yeah. And then from there, it's just a matter. Oh, of... I just give it a little twist. You're yeah, off camera now, it. but try to keep it about Sorry. here. Twisting, yeah. and then pull. And okay. There you go. So there it is. Okay. So now, uh, typically I would have an exacto knife or whatever to get rid of the the little bit of fluff, but we can just do that. Or I don't know if you can use your yep. can you use your cutter. Yeah, the cutters do work. Just to get rid of some of the fluff. Yep. It's not a big concern, anyways. So when we pull these cables out, basically we separate those and line them up accordingly. So there are a couple of different ways that you can do this, Jeff. There's what's called A and B wiring. They're both going to work. They're both going to work the same. Basically, all it is is a color pattern that allows you to know, okay, well, which order am I going to run these cables in? Okay. So that, because you need a pattern, because if I wire one end and then I wire the other end differently things aren't going to match up. You're going to have short right. circuits and it's not going to work. So really what A and B wiring does is it just keeps consistency uh, across all of your different, uh, your different ends. Now, theoretically, could somebody say, look, I, I can never remember the A, B, so I just want to go solid brown, solid blue, solid green, solid orange, stripe brown, stripe blue, stripe, stripe green, stripe orange. Could they theoretically? No, you want to you want to stick to standards. Okay, then. and you, that can cause a lot of problems if you if you don't. I'm having trouble with your cr your cutter because <laughs> I keep I keep cutting the wire right through. So maybe you could actually demonstrate oh, right over top of here right. how to uh, get the ends separated. Um, your tester is pretty nice because it actually shows um, the color codes. So we've got A and B, and we're going to show you how to actually end those. Sorry, I had cut. 
when I had cut there, Jeff, it actually cut through one of the wires. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you just want me to strip it back? Yeah. All right. You want to separate that out? And you can, you, you know, you're going to do this several times before you get it quite right. Oh, didn't, uh, didn't twist it enough. So let's do an RJ45 on this end. So that's the, the plug itself. Okay. So get those all separated out. All right. Do we want to have a nice pretty end like this? If you do, sure. now's the time to put them on. Now's that's the correct. Time to put Before you even s separate your, uh, your wires, you want to do this. Bring it over here so that we can be on oh, camera yeah, that's here. Right. Yeah. So you want to just slide them in and slide it down even further so that you still have full access to your cable. And then from there, just separate. Looks good. The you wires. want to put the end on there and show sure. us how that's done? Yep. Now, you and I did... Uh, We've done a lot of Ethernet together. We did we the Bayfield Mall once yep. years ago. You were, you were sleeping in the mall, if I recall correctly. I was. That's right. And so we got up into the rafters and we ran Ethernet yeah. cables because that was before they had wi that was before Wi-Fi had been invented. I, I wasn't homeless, by the way. It was uh, it was a promotion <laughs> for the radio station I worked for. Um, you had to live in the mall for a couple uh, days. Uh, uh, it was a week. A week. Five days. Yeah. That's nuts. Until uh, until he needed internet, folks. <laughs> I, I did. I was there for a very long time, but it yep. was uh, to raise fun. Um, Raise food for a food bank. Cool. And so once we add enough uh, food. So, okay. Right. So what are, the, what are the A and B? Okay. So we've got this here, and I've put it up on the screen for you. But basically, we're going to go with B. I stick with B. Um, you can do whatever you want. But uh, B is, uh, is pretty typical, um, and it really doesn't matter as long as you follow the standard. So we're going to go white, orange, orange, white, green, blue, white, blue, green, white, brown, brown. Okay, so, so white, white orange, 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 yeah, white, green, blue, yep, white, blue, green, green. This is where it gets fun, folks. You gotta pinch those right down. And so you see how Jeff is flattening them with his fingers. White, brown, and then brown. Okay, so Jeff has actually flattened these so that they're in the correct order, but they are flat. Okay, yeah. so that now when we put the RJ45 end on, now you will find that the first time you do these cables, yeah. you may have a lot of extra uh, wire. So if you on have, these, yeah, that's correct. So if you've you know maybe you've cut off an inch, so you want to have lots oh, of room sure. to play with. Yeah, make sure that you trim down your wires. Yeah, you don't want this sitting like this far up the wire. Correct. You know, so if if you look at that, if it was like that, you're not going to have any of the blue wrap here to, uh, to, to crimp onto. So, so use your crimper to what I do here is, you know, I get these together and then because these are not quite even, we're going to want to just give it a real quick trim just to get those nice and straight. Other side. Is it the other side? Yeah. That's the, oh yeah. Okay. I see how that works now. That's why I was doing it wrong. Jeff. There we go. So now we've got a nice, perfectly straight cut. All right. We're going with B, and so we've got the uh, conductors uh, facing up, and we're just going to push that in, and it's going to slide right in, and the one thing that we want to make sure of is that all of the ends are touching uh, at the end here. So just give that a really good push, 
we can see that the ends are touching. You can't necessarily see that on your screen because of the camera, but then once that's ready, I can push that in to my crimper, give it a nice big squeeze, mm -hmm. and that crimps down on the cable. Now, these are nice ends, Jeff, that you picked up. Uh, we've dealt with some really horrible ends in the past. <laughs> oh. I'm going to put that on there. Now we've got, look at that. It's like a prefabricated, beautiful cable that we've now built ourselves, And this is, what, about 10, 15, 20 feet? Yeah, something so like that. So we could actually build a, a nice, big, long cable. Yeah, we've dealt with some uh, what, what are called uh, H RJ45 ends. They're evil. They're nightmarish and horrible. These are so easy, and you just got to carry one piece. And yeah. it's, uh, So when you're buying your RJ45 ends, of course, you can get them on our website, cat5.tv slash networking. Uh, watch out for the ones that have the H piece. They work... They work nicely, however, they are a pain in the butt to install. Yes. So how easy was that for me to crimp down? Uh, the H-piece ones, um, they are painful on your fingers. Oh, they my fingers were numb for 24 of, hours. They take a lot more oh. time. They're brutal. Yeah. All right, how, how, are we going to use this cable anywhere, Jeff? Do we want to do um, a certain length? No, just cut her off at a foot. A couple feet? Yeah. Okay. So now that I've got my one end done, how do you get that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring my cutter, so we'll just do it. Uh, oh, okay. You got to crimp and cut. Yeah. Uh, when you're pulling these through the through the walls, through wherever, through the roof, you do want to watch out for um, damaging the cable. And how you can damage the cable is if you crease it, for example, if it gets like that, and you're pulling. Okay. So now within this here, it, you're going to be damaging those little cables. So these here are all twisted and, and possibly uh, actually going to break. So if you come across a, a piece like that, cut that out of there. Don't use this piece. Um, make sure that you watch out for those kinds of, you know, you can damage your cable that way. Right. So now we've got uh, the second end. Yes. This, again, this is category, five, uh, category 6 cable. Yes. And basically that is, uh, you know, that is 250 megahertz, I believe. Um, uh, so it's, yeah, I think so. It's really good quality. Uh, more likely to be uh, a shielded cable, although this one is not a shielded cable. Right. Um, whether or not you need shielded cable really boils down to what are you running at, what are you running at with. Uh, is it going to be in the ceiling with a bunch of electrical? Then yes, shielded. Is it going to be going outside? Is it going to be going under the ground? Yes, you want a shielded cable. Right. If, however, you're just wiring your house, save yourself some money. Get unshielded cable. You don't Which need to have shielded cable. Yeah, um, because typically you're not going to be running alongside of things that are going to be causing interference or problems. Yep. Okay. Do we want to put a jack on this one? We've already done an RJ45. I think you we can get that off. I could not get it off. <laughs> it's permanently installed, folks. Yeah. Let's see. It can I use my like punch a down tool? Driver or something. I'll use my punch down tool. There we, there go. we go. All right. So this jack. Okay, this is just the faceplate. So this is just cosmetic. Yep. And it holds it in place. The jack itself has. Uh, so you look for B, and we see on B it is orange, white, orange, blue, white, blue. Do you want to strip this while I'm sure? And so he's going to take the uh, the other end of that cable and strip that down, and then uh, so each one of these jacks is going to be a little bit different, but it's always going to be labeled. But the key thing is that we're going to need a punch down tool. What you notice about this punch down tool is that it has one sharp edge. I hope that you can see that at home. It's a little difficult to see, I know, because it's very, very tiny, but you can see this in the higher res pictures, which I'll put up here. That is the cutter. So that cutter is actually going to cut the cable uh, as you're punching down. 
and then the rest of it is just going to punch down. So this basically is a spring mechanism that cl uh, clicks, and when it clicks, it punches, okay? So if you don't want a cutter, we just basically release the blade here by turning the end so that the ball bearing is exposed, and then we can remove the blade, and you're going to need to do this once the blade is dull anyways, you'll need to replace it, but that would take a thousand uh, punch downs. There is an end that is not a cutter, so this version will not cut your cable at the same time. This version will punch down and cut. When you're using the cutter attachment, uh, the cutter blade, you do need to be careful that you have it facing the correct direction. If you do not, you're going to be cutting the wrong side of the cable and you're going to potentially be uh, basically <laughs> cutting through the cable in such a way that you're going to be disabling its connection to the jack. So that cutter has to always be on the outside of the jack. Okay? How are you making out there, Jeff? Good. I'm just uh, separating the... Getting those all separated. Inner out. wires. Perfect. So, so basically, basically just untwisting the twisted yeah. pairs. And you see that you'll get a lot of these little pieces of wires and stuff. So just yeah. So don't do it over your keyboard. Have a <laughs> have a vacuum or a, a broom handy. Okay. So this is the easy part. This is nice and simple. We've got our diagram here says orange, white, orange. So I'm going to take orange, white, orange, and I'm just going to place them on the inside of my jack here in the order that it says. Okay, and just give them a little bit of a push down. Now, you see that this, this extra cable that's hanging out over the side, obviously I'm not going to be able to put the cover on that because that cable is going to block the cover from being able to go on. So that's where the cutter comes in on my punch down tool. So I make sure that that cutter is on the outside. And as I push down, it's going to cut that cable at the same time. So you see that it's actually broken that right off. You can just get the angle just right. Sometimes takes a couple times just to cut right through. And so I've punched, I've not only punched down, but I've also given myself a very nice clean edge on that. So the two cables are now connected. So really, really quickly, going to get blue, white, blue. So of course this could be the end of a, a hundred foot cable if you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Get that punch down. The punch down, of course, is going to actually make the contact. And then you'll see that, you know, that's got a lot of a lip there. I can't work with this because it's hanging out over the edge. So now I use the cutter. And just by slightly shifting my angle, I've now cut that right off. Okay, now B again is green, green, white, and then brown, brown, white. So I can lay those in. Green, green, white. Punch them down. Observe the position of your cutter. Make sure that you're not cutting the wrong side, the inside of the cable. Okay. Now I can cut. That's just holding on by a thread. And then brown, brown, white. What do you think of that, Jeff? It's amazing. Love it. Sweet little cable we've got going on here. It's a little one-foot cable with a jack on the end. <laughs> this is our demo cable, folks. <laughs> Sometimes they shoot across the room.
That one's just holding on. I know. There we there go. We okay. So now we've got that nicely crimped. Uh, not crimped, but uh, punched down. And you can check that everything is making contact. And now we carefully push the cable down into the casing here so that it's now flush. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then that bag is going to come with a couple more things, and that is these little covers. So we're going to just simply push those down, and they're going to snap in. So I've got one and two on this particular design. Maybe a little bit different for you. That's just pushed down by your hand. And then you should notice also that most of the time they're going to also come with a little zip tie. And that is to actually hold the cable so that it doesn't get pulled out of the, uh, the jack. Okay. So you feed that around and then lock it in. As I pull off the covers. <laughs> and in hindsight, we should, should have probably, you know, we're looking at time here tonight, but should have probably tested the cable before I put the zip tie on. Of course. But uh, so then I can cut that. But let's, uh, let's jump straight into testing the cable now. We've got B on both ends. Okay. okay. So you've got, uh, we're going to put that into the jack. Yep. And then the power end. Moment of truth. Ready for it's it? It's good. Let's put it up to the camera here. One, two, three, four. We're good. So we've got a little uh, RJ45 here, and we've got an RJ45 jack there, okay? And it tests absolutely perfect. So now this is coming out of our wall, of course. So now we can put that onto the, uh, the faceplate. And now it looks like that coming out of the wall. I can test it see that that tests perfectly and there One, you go two three four there it is that's uh Just you know simple easy. ethernet networking but uh, again you can buy it in bulk you're going to save yourself a ton of cash you're going to give yourself better networking and you're not going to be relying on things like wireless or running big long cables around the house that could get damaged yes this you know you can pull it from a spool mm -hmm. you can get a thousand feet and pull it through the attic and you'll be good to go good. So let us know what projects you decide to do using the knowledge that you learned here tonight. And uh, we'd love to see your pictures as well. Uh, speaking of pictures, Jeff, uh, I got asked to help a, uh, a friend move. And I realized very quickly that when a nerd like me is asked to help a friend move, <laughs> it means this. And there you have it. Thanks, Jeff. Oh, thank you. Thank good show. you. And uh, thanks for being here tonight. I hope that you had a fun night tonight. Don't forget, next week we are going to uh, pre-record with Sasha Dermatis mm -hmm. so that you can catch the show with her, and we're going to get the feeds for the live feed all straightened out at the same time. So thanks again for watching, and I hope you have a fantastic week. We'll see you next week, and uh, again, in two weeks, we're going to be picking up uh, on our backup as yes. well. Yes. So. But I do believe, I think I'm here for that. Fantastic. I think it'll work. We'll see. It should. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. Have a good one.